You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to our teaching on the storehouse blessing. This is our eighth episode. We're taking our text today from Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, verse 21 says, there your heart will be also. That's why it's so important to be generous in your giving. When you give, you're demonstrating total power over money. You're saying money has no power over me. I am in control of money. A lot of people think they're in control of money because they can manage it well. They can save it. They can discipline themselves. But if you cannot give it, you still do not have control over money. Now, giving brings about a grace from God on your finances. And giving generously was a characteristic of the church at Jerusalem. And let me show you from Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 45, how they started. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Now, they weren't communistic. They were voluntarily doing this. In communism, you're made to do this. They volunteered to do this. They sold their possessions and goods and gave to anyone as he had need. Now, this is what amazes me. You know, certain people in government will use this as an example of their kind of prosperity. This is what I've found. People who force others to give and people that are big time heavy and taxing, they almost never do anything uh, giving-wise. They have very little in the way of contributions. They're usually very hypocritical. And uh, the, the Scripture says these people voluntarily sold possessions and goods and gave to anyone as he had need. Now, this first way of, of giving in the church at Jerusalem centered on chattel property, a movable item of personal property. In other words, they were selling things they weren't using anymore. It could have been furniture, might have been clothing. We don't know what all it was, but it was not real estate. But the second wave did Turn to real estate. Acts chapter 4, verses 33, 34, 35. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was on them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Now, there were some other amazing moves of God in the book of Acts in some of the other churches, but this one's unique. And it seems that the Holy Spirit directly led the people, the saints at Jerusalem, to sell their properties. Let me show you why he did that. This leading of the Holy Spirit prepared the church to ultimately pull up stakes and leave Jerusalem. And uh, you might say, well, why was that important? Well, I'll explain more about it in a minute. Uh, but they needed to get out and carry the message to other places. They were 
not wanting to do that. Listen, I, I was a part of a church that blew up one time. There was a great revival. Nobody wanted to leave. I had opportunities to go preach, and I had to take them. I had no choice because I needed the finances. Uh, but I remember hating to leave because there was no church anywhere that was as exciting as what I was going into and attending, and I hated to leave it. But in any place like that, ultimately what God does is He leads people to go out and duplicate that. So when they weren't doing it, here's what happened. On that day, Acts 8-1, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And it says in Acts 8-4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. So they wound up doing what Jesus had said. You'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Now, this didn't happen on day one. This happened after probably a period of a few years. Uh, but it was a distinct change from the way it first started, Acts 2, 46-47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So that's how it started. And everybody in Jerusalem loved them. And they could see God's grace on them. But after a season, and they'd grown so much, and many of the people they had favor with actually had become a part of their number. Now the only ones who are left are the ones who hate them. And now there's a persecution against them. But what the persecution did... It only pushed them out to go preach in Judea and Samaria, which were the second two places that Jesus said he wanted the church to go. Now, why was Christ permitting this? It is because Jerusalem was under a doom sentence. And Matthew 24, verses 1 and 2, Jesus foretold that the temple would be torn to the ground. He left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. And there was not a structure even in Rome that was as great as the temple at Jerusalem. At that time, Colosseum hadn't been built yet, but at that time there was no structure in all of Rome that could rival Herod's temple in Jerusalem. It was a magnificent complex. And so they were showing him all this, and this is what Jesus said, roughly 30 A.D. Do you see all these things, he asked? I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. And 40 years later, his words came to pass. The Romans did tear the temple down. They tore down every stone. The siege was laid to Jerusalem, started by the Roman emperor, or I'm sorry, the general Vespasian. But there was a death, and when the death of the existing Roman emperor happened, Vespasian was called back to Rome. He became the new emperor. That little law and the siege at Jerusalem in, enabled the Christian population, the Jewish believers who followed Messiah, believed that Jesus was Lord, they left during that season. So during this brief pause, the church had been warned. They fled to Pella. They were not there 
when Josephus said a half million Jewish men were crucified and all the families were taken and sold as slaves. They did not experience that. They left and fled before that happened when the law came. The final siege was wrought by Titus. And so uh, God was leading these people supernaturally to get rid of their real estate because the time was coming when it would be worthless. And so the moving of the Holy Spirit on the church at Jerusalem was, was prophetic. Now, we don't see an indicator of that kind of giving in any of the Gentile churches in the book of Acts. I'm not saying it never happened again, but we don't have record of the Holy Spirit leading people to sell their real estate and their properties. We don't see that. We see that these people... Uh, got rid of all of their real estate slowly, not really realizing probably in the beginning everything that was going to happen, but they were being prepared. I knew a man who was a generous believer, very liberal in his giving, loved God, who had a Chrysler leadership. And this was many years ago. This is in the 70s. This man was led by the Lord at a time when his dealership was worth something. Sell it. He may have had some premonition of what was coming, but at any rate, he sold the dealership while it was still worth a lot of money. Not long after, we know that the Chrysler organization had some serious difficulties. Many of the dealers went bankrupt. They lost everything. This man did not because he sold because of a warning from the Lord. And that's why the Holy Spirit helps people who give. He not only leads them to places of blessing, but he also forewarns them. And in some cases, even when they don't get it, he allows circumstances to drive them to a certain place. Later, they see the reason why they are there. And so this is how God works. So when you lay up treasure in heaven, you know what you're doing? You're inviting God to become partner with you in all your financial decisions. And that is not only about investments, but it's also about safeguarding things that you already have and own. We'll pick up here tomorrow. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.